What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are lower this morning. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. S&P futures down seven points or two-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ futures down two-tenths of a percent. So are Dow futures. NASDAQ futures down 20 points. Dow futures down 71. The DAX in Germany is down two-tenths of a percent as well. Ten-year Treasury up 5.30 seconds. Yield 3.64 percent. Yield on the two-year, 4.20 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.8 percent, up $1.41. It's $79.70 a barrel. COMEX gold little Changed at 1824.90 an ounce. The euro 1.0617 against the dollar. The British pound 1.2045 and the yen 132.08. And Bitcoin is up a quarter percent. It's at $16,800. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Nathan. Okay, Karen. Thanks. 656 on Wall Street. Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead. First, we want to take a look at stocks, some of the individual movers in the early going. We're joined live now by Bloomberg Markets live correspondent Tatiana Darier. Well, uh, so much for the Santa rally after FedEx and Nike and the consumer confidence numbers yesterday. Here comes Micron Technologies with a macro lump of coal, Tatiana. Exactly, Nathan. Sending another warning about consumer demand there. Well, Micron here, ticker MU, the largest U.S. maker of memory chips, moving lower by 3% in the pre-market after reporting some disappointing earnings, making and delivering a weak sales forecast and also some cost-cutting measures, including plans to cut the workforce by 10%. The company blames it all on an industry glut that's worse in 13 years, according to the CEO. That's, of course, as... um, now semis are having to deal with the glut after not being able to produce enough just, you know, less than a year ago. Remember the chip shortage? Well, now they're producing and are uh, keeping inventories that are uh, higher. Uh, and that's as people, you know, have shelved their purchases of personal computers and smartphones as they returned back to work and didn't need uh, any more. And also amid rising inflation and an uncertain economy, especially um, uh, as you look at those recession concerns uh, perking up uh, and the layoffs here picking up as well. Well, we know that uh, semis have been struggling with demand, right? If you look at the stock, shares are down about 45% this year, underperforming the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. But the Disappointing results here are nonetheless worrying for the tech industry particularly, but for the broader economy as a whole. Yeah, and I also see you're uh, keeping an eye on Tesla shares this morning. Not a whole lot of movement, but it looks like the electric vehicle makers uh, dangling some incentives again. Exactly. Well, it's moving. It's higher by about half a percent here. I'm not sure the move will, will hold, to be honest. I think it's just, you know, uh, seeing some relief after four days of losses and a really tough year, uh, frankly. But the story this morning is that Tesla is offering U.S. consumers $7,500 to take delivery of its two uh, cheapest models before year end. And that's doubled the discount of what the company was offering uh, earlier this month. So uh, I guess, you know, for those who mm-hmm. haven't completed their 
Christmas shopping. There's a chance there. I mean, we have to say this is a very rare move from Tesla, right? This is a company that had a no discount uh, policy uh, for years, but it shows that the incentive is sort of this incentive is the latest indication that uh, CEO Musk's prediction for an epic year of end of the year is not panning out as planned, that they perhaps uh, need to do more on the pricing uh, side of things uh, mm-hmm. to meet their goals. And perhaps investors are not going uh, to like that. Yeah. And I guess uh, if nothing else, tis the season for uh, a little bit of gifts. And maybe that's what we're seeing from Tesla this morning. Thanks for this, Tatiana. Good having you on with us. Bloomberg Markets Live correspondent, Tatiana Darier. Futures moving lower. S&P futures are down five points right now. Dow futures down 59 and NASDAQ futures are lower by 17 points at 6.59 on Wall Street. I'm Nathan Hager alongside Karen Moscow. Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keene and Lisa Abramowitz starts right now. Live from the financial capital of the world, broadcasting across the globe, this is WBBR New York, Bloomberg 1130. We are not forecasting deep and very long recession, but let's not let's not be too. Markets, headlines, and breaking news, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are lower this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures trading in the red right now with Dow futures down 77 points. S&P's drop eight and NASDAQ futures are lower by 22. The U.S. 10-year yield at 3.64%. Gold is little changed. Oil trading in the green. And Bitcoin is also trading little changed. Hong Kong rose 2.7% overnight, while European markets are posting modest losses this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, GDP and initial jobless claims. After the bell last night, Micron gave a lackluster revenue outlook and look for CarMax and Paychecks to report in the pre-market. In deal news, the FT reported that BlackRock considered buying Carlyle after the CEO left. And wrapping things up, Jeffries was cut to market perform over at KBW. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky pressed the U.S. Congress for tanks, planes, and more money to help repel Russia's invasion. In his first trip abroad since the war, Zelensky told a joint meeting of Congress that U.S. support has been crucial so far. A report set to be released today by the House investigators claims that then-President Donald Trump criminally plotted to overturn his 2020 election defeat and provoked his supporters to violence at the Capitol with false claims of voter fraud. In the NBA, the Knicks lost, the Nets down the Warriors 143-113. In the NHL, the Devils won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Karen. 
All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 642 on Wall Street, and we turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, and here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Microsoft was fined $64 million by Francis Privacy Watchdog over its management of cookies on its Bing search engine. France's Data Protection Authority said it carried out several checks on Bing in September 2020 and May 2021 and found cookies were deposited without user consent, even though they were used for advertising purposes. The U.S.'s first national cyber director, Chris Inglis, is reportedly planning to step down in the coming months. Inglis worked as one of President Joe Biden's top cybersecurity advisors at a time when the U.S. was struggling to combat a steady stream of ransomware attacks on both businesses and government agencies. And one of the largest miners of Bitcoin became the latest company to file for bankruptcy amid the crypto winter. Texas-based Core Scientific filed its bankruptcy petition, citing a slump in Bitcoin prices, high electricity costs, increased competition, and litigation as impacting performance and liquidity. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. It is 6.43 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. on this morning after a historic night on Capitol Hill. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky urging Congress for more support in the war against Russia. We stand, we fight, and we will win because we are united. But Ukraine aid in the massive spending bill making its way through Congress could be hung up over a border policy dispute. Also making news, House Republicans report on the January 6th assault focusing on security lapses and Trump allies shown taking the fifth in January 6th committee transcripts. Let's bring in Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick to get more on some of these stories. Jack, good morning. Quite an extraordinary address from the Ukrainian president last night. Yeah, and it, it got a good reception, uh, a lot of standing ovations from members of Congress, uh, really a positive reception. Probably not surprising that it got a positive reception, especially from those who attended, um, given that, you know, there have been negotiations going on in the Capitol about the level of support for Ukraine, what they were going to put in this spending bill. Uh, and especially when you look at congressional leaders, uh, a, a, really a bipartisan group other than some House conservative Republicans, uh, it's, it's clear there, there's still a, a lot of support, bipartisan support in Congress for Ukraine. And it, it seemed to be a motivating event for lawmakers to hear directly from President Zelensky in person. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether that motivation continues into the next Congress. We're expecting from what we've heard from Republicans that they're going to give a lot more scrutiny to Ukraine aid going forward. What's your sense from the uh, congressional uh, members that you've been speaking to about what aid will look like for Ukraine under the new Congress? You know, talking to, uh, I think, leadership-aligned Republicans, you hear that there's quite a bit of support. Um, even House Republicans who are on the Appropriations Committee, who work on these funding requests, that kind of thing, uh, there, there's a lot of support. If you're trying to pinpoint where the questions come from, uh, you know, there, there's a conservative wing. Uh, you may have seen clips of Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert, really the only two who didn't participate in some standing ovations who were in the chamber. Uh, those types of lawmakers 
even were critical of Zelensky giving the speech in the first place. Um, it's it's a bit of a sort of a freedom caucus uh, sort of Republican who's who's not really happy about it. But uh, the Mitch McConnell types, the leadership aligned Republicans typically have said there's a lot of support for Ukraine. Uh, it's not going to be no strings attached. You could get into uh, some debates, especially if the war ends and, and this turns into a question more of economic aid and rebuilding aid. There's a bit more scrutiny on the Republican side there. But as for defense aid, especially as Ukraine continues to have success on the battlefield, uh, a really large portion of Republicans, in addition to virtually unanimous support among Democrats, uh, are, are supportive of these kinds of bills for Ukraine. Now, there is a lot of Ukraine aid in this uh, omnibus spending bill that has to get passed this week so lawmakers can go home. But I guess the bill is, is getting delayed somewhat by a dispute over the uh, Title 42 uh, border policy. Yeah, Title 42, the uh, pandemic immigration restrictions have really proven to be a, a tough issue that can hold up bills. Uh, and that's the primary issue they're trying to work through for this whole omnibus government funding bill, which includes about a $45 billion measure for Ukraine as well. Uh, the Senate Republicans wanted to have an amendment vote to keep Title 42 in place, uh, and they wanted that vote to be set at a simple majority threshold rather than the 60-vote threshold in the Senate that a, a lot of these amendments would normally get. Now, that is tricky because it, that potentially could pass, but then the measure would probably fail in the House because they're depending very significantly on Democratic votes because House Republicans haven't signed off on this broader agreement. So they're at a bit of a it's a little bit of a catch-22 situation where to get this through the Senate, you've got to negotiate some sort of uh, deal on immigration, but then depend on probably almost purely Democratic support in the House. Um, they're still trying to come up with a with an agreement on how quickly they can have a vote in the Senate to send this over to the House. And, uh, you know, the, the, fun, the funding deadline is Friday night, so they're really bumping up against the deadline. And we're bumping up to a deadline. It seems to be extended for the full report to come out from the House January 6th committee. In our last minute here, Jack, what are we expecting to hear? Uh, it, you know, they they have bumped back their full report. I, I think a lot of what's going to be in the full report is uh, has has come out to some extent in uh, the hearings that they've done. They did release a few dozen transcripts in which a lot of key players pleaded the fifth and and refused to answer questions, even confirming uh, their age and place of residence. Um, so if you have paid very close attention to the case that the committee has made, uh, essentially detailing former President, Trump, President Trump's centrality in what happened on January 6th, you have a, a pretty good idea of what's probably going to be in that report. Okay, Jack. Thanks, as always, and happy holidays if we don't speak to you before then. That's Bloomberg Government Congressional Reporter Jack Fitzpatrick with us from the nation's capital. And you can read much more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Futures moving lower this morning. S&P futures down 7 points. Dow futures down 75. NASDAQ futures are lower by 23 points. And the 10-year Treasury is up 5.30 seconds. The yield 3.64%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. 
live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. Coming up this hour. Ukraine's president pleads for more support in person to Congress. FTX executives plead guilty as their former CEO returns to the U.S. The largest U.S. chipmaker warns more layoffs are on the way. And investors hold out hope for a brief Santa Claus rally. New York Mayor Adams gives himself a B-plus as he defends his record on crime. Plus, the man charged with shooting up a Brooklyn subway car will now plead guilty. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Knicks winning streak came to an end. Easy win for the Nets. The Devils won and the Jets host Jacksonville tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Hey, good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are little change this morning. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg S&P NASDAQ futures. That'll change Dow futures down a tenth of a percent now or 42 points. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We'll get more on the markets in a moment. But we want to begin with a historic night in Washington. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky made an emotional address in person to a joint meeting of Congress. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. Standing ovation after standing ovation from both sides of the aisle. The message, Ukraine is alive and kicking, and thanking U.S. families for their support. And our people will have to go to bomb shelters on Christmas Eve. Ukrainians will still sit down at the holiday table and cheer up each other. Zelensky says a free world will show all potential aggressors that the world will stand up to tyranny. He says next year will be a turning point of the war. He presented Congress with a flag from the war's front. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. And this was President Zelensky's first trip outside his country since the Russian invasion in February. Before the speech, Zelensky paid a visit to the White House, where President Biden stood by his side at a joint news conference and pledged his continued support. I want you to know that all the people of Ukraine to know as well, the American people have been with you every step of the way, and we will stay with you. We will stay with you for as long as it takes. And the Biden administration also announced nearly $1.9 billion in additional military aid to Ukraine, including a Patriot missile battery. Russian President Vladimir Putin, meanwhile, said Russia has no limitations on its own military spending to continue the war. Well, Nathan, we're following another story out of D.C. this morning. A group of House Republicans has released a counter-report to the House Select Committee's investigation into the January 6th Capitol assault. A 78-page report partly blames Democratic leaders for security failures and says intelligence and law enforcement failures left the Capitol complex vulnerable. The January 6th committee is expected to release its full report today. All right, let's turn from the Capitol to cryptocurrency and get you the latest on the FTX collapse. Two top executives have pleaded guilty to criminal charges as the former CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, returns to the U.S. Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us live with that story. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. SBF found himself with fewer friends upon arriving in New York last night as Caroline Ellison and Gary Wang pled guilty to fraud. The plea agreements say prosecutors will recommend reduced sentences if they provide substantial assistance to the investigation. The move puts pressure on Bankman-Fried ahead of his appearance in federal court today on charges of fraud, money laundering, and other counts. His lawyers may seek bail. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Steve, thank you. Well, the pivot away from COVID zero continues in China. This morning, we're learning China plans to cut quarantine requirements for overseas travelers in January. Sources tell us officials are considering a zero plus three policy. That would mean tourists would no longer be required to spend time in a quarantine hotel or isolation facility, and arrivals into the country would instead be subject to three days of monitoring. All right, let's take a look at markets again, Karen. Futures are little changed to lower this morning, but global stocks advanced for a third day yesterday as we edge closer to that Christmas holiday. U.S. shares climbed on improved consumer confidence and better-than-expected earnings from FedEx and Nike. Earlier this week, markets snapped a four-day slide that was sparked by hawkish central bank rhetoric. Well, in Asia, Nathan's stocks have snapped a losing streak of their own, coming off the Bank of Japan's surprise policy move earlier this week. And Bloomberg's Brian Curtis joins us from Hong Kong with more. Stocks rallied in Asia, snapping five days of declines. The biggest moves were in Hong Kong, where the benchmark index rose about 2.5%. Property companies led the way after regulators said they'd support the sector's growth. Shares also jumped in Japan, South Korea, and Australia. Treasuries rose slightly in Asia as the fallout from the Bank of Japan's surprise policy shift began to ebb. The yen resumed its advance. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Brian, thank you. Meantime, over in Europe, U.K. households saw their living standards fall amid a contraction in the third quarter. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts joins us from London with the latest. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Household incomes in the U.K. have fallen for a fourth straight quarter, leaving Britons on course for the worst period for living standards in memory. Real incomes per head were 3.1% lower in the third quarter from a year earlier. Final GDP data, meanwhile, registered a 0.3% drop in the latest quarter, more than previously estimated. The reading is consistent with economists' expectations that the UK is already in recession. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thanks. Well, taking a look at corporate news now, America's largest memory chip maker, Micron Technology, is out with a lackluster revenue outlook and a warning that it'll have to trim its workforce. Bloomberg's Doug Krisner joins us with that story. The company has already pledged to reduce output and slow expansion projects as a way of limiting the availability of memory chips. Even so, Micron's forecast indicates the glut may drag on, given a slump in demand. Sales will be about $80 million below forecast, and Micron is projecting a loss of about $0.62 a share, excluding certain items. That's more than twice what analysts were estimating. Given these challenges, Micron will reduce its workforce by about 10% over the next year. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. And taking a look at Micron right now, it's down about 3% in early trading. And futures this morning, they are little change to lower. S&P futures now down about a tenth of a percent, down about four points. Dow futures down almost two-tenths percent now, or 49 points. And NASDAQ futures down about a tenth of a percent, or 10 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. It's 6.07 on Wall Street. Clear sky, 36 degrees in Central Park, but it is going to turn rainy and windy this afternoon into tomorrow. Highs today in the upper 40s. That wind advisory kicks in at 10 tonight. And Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world as we brace for this storm, Michael. Oh, yes, Nathan. Millions of Americans taking to the roads and skies before Christmas could face big trouble getting to their destinations on time because of the massive winter storm. Several major hubs, including New York City, were all in the path of the storm and faced significant disruptions. This man was headed to Orlando from New York trying to get out ahead of the storm to see his family. We're going to be together with... We've been... uh, 
separated for a long time because he used to live in California before and uh, now we're going to reunite again and have a good Christmas. It's not just air flights being canceled. Amtrak has scrapped service for dozens of routes. Also, Greyhound has scrapped some service. New York City Mayor Eric Adams defended his record on crime, giving himself a B-plus. In his first year in office, there was a 25% rise in major felonies through November. But Adams says, though, the top-line number does not tell the whole story, as he highlighted double-digit drops in the high-profile murders and shootings. Public safety is the foundation of the city. I've used this term over and over again. It's the prerequisite to prosperity. Without it, uh, we won't feel the safety we, we deserve. Mayor Adams went on to say that New Yorkers should feel better about the direction we're headed. A New York City court has scheduled to change a plea hearing for next month for the man accused of opening fire on a Manhattan-bound subway train last April. In a letter to the court, his attorney said the alleged New York City subway shooter Frank James wants to plead guilty to federal terrorism charges. James was charged with several counts of committing a terror attack on a mass transit system. Ten people were hurt in the shooting. Final CDC data confirms American life expectancy fell for a second straight year in 2021, the worst since 1996. It's driven by accelerating COVID and drug overdose deaths. From then, it has dropped from 74.2 years to 73.5 years. For women, it's almost from 80 to 79.3. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan. One winning streak ended. Another continued at the guard. The Knicks couldn't stop Toronto's Pascal Siakam. He scored 52 points. The Raptors ended their six-game losing streak 113-106. to Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett both had 30 for the Knicks, who had won their previous eight. In Brooklyn, the Nets winning streak up to seven. 143-113 to 113 over Golden State. The Nets led 91-51 to 51 at halftime. 91 first-half points is the third most in NBA history. The Devils, three goals in the third period, win 4-2 at Florida and end their six-game slide. St. John's lost at Villanova 78-63. to When you saw that Derek Jeter was in attendance at the Aaron Judge new contract press conference, you knew there was going to be an announcement that Judge would be named the first Yankee captain since Jeter. I'm going to continue to try to be you know, the same leader that I've been you know, the past six years, uh, continue to lead by example, and you know, I know there's probably going to be a couple more responsibilities with this, but you know, I'm here to embrace every single obstacle and, you know, continue to lead this team and lead this city to to not one, but, you know, multiple championships down the road. 16th captain in Yankee history. The Jets have any hopes of making the playoffs? They have to win tonight. In the rain at MetLife, Jacksonville comes in much improved. Jaguars only a game out of first. AFC South, Jets are a game out for making it as a wild card. The death of Hall of Famer Franco Harris yesterday at the age of 72 came just one day before the city of Pittsburgh was set to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Harris's famous immaculate reception catch three days before the Steelers were finally going to retire his number 32. The legendary Pelé, now 82, back in the hospital in Brazil. His cancer is said to have worsened. 
John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. And the Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. We have more reaction to President Zelensky's speech to Congress straight ahead. First, futures are lower S&P futures are down six points now. Dow futures down 66 and Nasdaq futures on the decline by 17 points. Ten-year Treasury yield 3.64%. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager on the morning after an emotional address from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in the U.S. Capitol that for at least one night seemed to unite Congress in its support for Ukraine in the face of Russian aggression. Former Defense Secretary and head of the CIA, Leon Panetta, says that unity will be critical for Ukraine to come out victorious. Leon Panetta spoke with David Weston on a special edition of Bloomberg's Balance of Power following Zelensky's address last night. You've seen a lot of history in Washington. You've made your fair share. Give us your reactions to what we saw tonight. Well, there's no question this was a, a very moving and memorable speech. Uh, and I think in many ways historic. Uh, it'll go down in history uh, very close to Churchill uh, coming to the United States uh, to ask for support uh, in the battle against Nazism. Uh, tonight, we have Zelensky going before the Congress uh, and asking for support uh, in the war against Putin. Uh, I, I think this is uh, this is going to send a very strong message. Uh, the unity that was shown tonight will send a strong message to Putin, uh, whose basic interest is to break the will of the United States and break the will of uh, of Ukraine. One of the things we heard from President Zelensky, Mr. Secretary, was he thinks that next year, 2023, could well be a turning point that is really critical. We really bear down right now. From what you understand what's going on, both from your experience as Secretary of Defense, but also head of the CIA, is that plausible? Well, there's no question uh, that we're seeing a pivotal moment in this war. Uh, it's clear that uh, the tide of war has changed. It's clear that uh, Ukraine uh, has uh has the upper hand here in terms of its ability to be able to uh, to move and gain territory and uh, basically take on the Russians. Uh, but the Russians uh, and Putin have made clear that they're not going anywhere and that Putin is going to basically triple down uh, and continue to do whatever he can to try to show that uh, that he's not going to be defeated. Uh, and so the real challenge is going to be this next year as to whether or not the unity of Ukraine, the United States, and our allies can hold together, that we can continue to provide the arms necessary uh, to the Ukrainians in order to be able to, to fight and to defeat this effort by Russia. Uh, Mr. Sherry, one of the important developments today, I believe, was the decision by the United States government to supply uh, Patriot missiles uh, to uh, Ukraine. Give us your sense of what difference that could make in the battlefield. Why is that so important? Oh, it's tremendously important because um, what we see now is Putin uh, using missiles, using drones in order to attack infrastructure and attack innocent men, women and children. 
Uh, and the only way to try to protect against that is with strong air defense. Uh, I, I've said for a long time that what is needed in Ukraine is a comprehensive air defense system. I'm glad that uh, the Patriot uh, battery has, is being provided. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some training to put it into effect. Uh, and I believe it's probably the beginning of trying to put together a more comprehensive air defense system. I think when you put together a series of events uh, that it's sending a very strong message uh, to Putin. Uh, the fact that uh, Zelensky came to uh, Washington, uh, met with the president, spoke to the Congress, is going to get almost $2 billion in aid, uh, plus the uh, Patriot battery. Uh, it makes very clear that the United States is not going anywhere, despite uh, Putin's threats, uh, despite uh, his uh, push to, to indicate that somehow uh, he'll, he'll strike back in some way. That has had no effect in terms of uh, the decision to help them. I think also that President Xi's advice to Putin to stay away from using a nuclear weapon carries a lot more weight with Putin, uh, and he knows that he could lose his only ally if, in fact, he engages some kind of battlefield nuclear weapon. So I think right now uh, the likelihood is that Putin is going to continue to raise hell with cruise missiles, with drones, but I think he's going to stay away from nuclear. And that was former Defense Secretary and CIA Director Leon Panetta speaking with our David Weston on a special edition of Bloomberg's Balance of Power following Zelensky's address to the joint session of Congress. You can hear Balance of Power every weekday at noon Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and on Bloomberg Television. S&P futures right now are down seven points. Dow futures down 76. NASDAQ futures are lower by 20 points. The 10-year Treasury is up. 530 seconds, the yield 3.64%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this after the S&P 500 rose to its best daily gain in three weeks. We check the markets all day long here on Bloomberg. S&P futures, they're extending their declines now. They're down about 10 points or a quarter percent. Dow futures down three-tenths of a percent or 95 points. And NASDAQ futures down a quarter percent or about 28 points. The DAX in Germany is down a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury up 5.30 seconds, yield 3.64 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.19 percent. Nymex crude oil is up 1.7 percent, up a dollar 34 at 79 dollars 62 cents a barrel. Comex gold down a tenth of a percent, or two dollars 40 cents at 18.23 an ounce. The euro 1.0622 against the dollar. British pound 1.2068, and the yen 132.15. And looking at Bitcoin, it's up two tenths percent at 16,800 dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, Karen, thank you very much. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has paid a 
wartime visit to Washington to thank Americans for helping to fund the war against Russia. In a speech to Congress, he said the money is not charity, but an investment in global security and democracy. Americans traveling before Christmas could face big trouble getting to their destinations on time because of a massive winter storm. China plans to cut quarantine requirements for overseas travelers in January. According to people familiar with the matter, there will be no more hotel quarantines. In the NBA, the Knicks lost. The Nets down the Warriors 143-113. In the NHL, the Devils won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Nathan. All right, Michael, thanks. It's 623 on Wall Street. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get into this market now. Ross Mayfield joins us, investment strategist at Baird. Ross, good morning. Things are going so well after yesterday's earnings from FedEx and Nike and the consumer confidence beat. Now we're seeing futures take a leg lower. Is this a little bit of profit-taking, or is this kind of the uh, end of the Santa rally that so many of us are hoping for? Yeah, I think at this point the burden of proof remains on the bulls. So when you get a day like today, it's probably going to be a little bit lower volume, lacking catalysts. Um, I, I think the trend is, is downward. Um, we had a nice rally kind of into December. Um, everybody you know, saw that Santa Claus rally that they wanted so badly, and then uh, you know, central bankers around the world – kind of played the Grinch a little bit. Um, and I think that weighs on the market heading into 2023 um, as really not much has changed for the macro outlook. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's just there's the burden of proof is going to be on the bulls until we get some some news otherwise. So what kind of news should we be looking for as we head into 2023? What could shake central banks? Well, I mean, they've, they've told us basically what it'll take for them to ease up enough to, to possibly – uh, get the soft landing that risk risk assets want to see. And it, it starts and ends with the labor market, uh, at least for the Fed. And it, it's a tricky, tricky line because you need the labor market to soften enough to get the Fed to ease off of their, you know, hyper hawkish policy. Um, but you can't have it crack too much uh, so that the, you lose the consumer. I mean, the consumer uh, resilience has really been one of the bright spots of, of the domestic economy over the past 18 months in the face of inflation, in the face of higher interest rates, in the face of geopolitical shocks. Um, and a lot of that stems from strength and confidence in the labor market. But the Fed is telling us outright that until we see weakness there, until we get uh, labor demand down to meet the kind of structural supply shortage, um, they're going to keep uh, they're going to keep being hawkish and they don't see their job is done. Yeah, we have gotten consistent messaging from the Fed. But, of course, we did get that surprise uh, from the Bank of Japan on yield curve control this week. Should we be looking for more surprises from central banks? At this point, I think Japan was was one, if not the last holdout. Um, you know, this was a move that was expected, I think. But I think the timing, the kind of urgency of it surprised markets a little bit. Um, so, so to me, I mean, you have the ECB hiking. You have uh, the BOE hiking. You know, really, really central banks around the world, you know, outside of a handful that are dealing with idiosyncratic issues, are, are lockstep in unison in, in their movement with higher rates, um, less stimulus, tighter policy. And the Bank of Japan was trying to be a holdout, and you could see it in the yen, you could see it in their equity markets. Um, and so finally, you know, I think the, I think the market won. And so we'll see if it leads to outright rate hikes or not um, when the governorship changes in 2023. But, uh, but for now, I think they're just joining on uh, the train that had already left the station. Lightning answer for me, Ross. Where do you look for opportunity in 23? 
High quality, defensive. Uh, you know, we're going to be tactically defensive for the first half of the year, but longer term, we're starting to like the setup. So for now, I think you continue to play a little bit of defense and uh, start to look for long-term opportunities in the first half of the year. Awesome. Thanks for this, Ross. Great having you on with us this morning. Ross Mayfield, investment strategist at Baird. As we uh, look at futures uh, move even lower now, deepening some of these declines. Uh, modest losses, though, really, with S&P futures down nine points. Dow futures down 90. NASDAQ futures down 29 points. And you compare it to the uh, one-plus percent gains that we saw yesterday across the board for U.S. stocks. Now let's get a look at your weather forecast. There's a wind advisory in effect from 10 p.m. tonight through 10 p.m. tomorrow night. Cloudy and breezy. Rain develops this afternoon. Highs 45 to 50. Rain heavy at times. Night becoming very windy. Lows overnight 45 to 50. Temperatures rise as the night goes on. Rain ends tomorrow with 50 to 55. Temperatures fall through the afternoon. Partly sunny, breezy Saturday. Only 20 to 25. Sunny Sunday. I'm Rob Carolyn with your weekend forecast on Bloomberg 1130. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And we're coming up to 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. And up first, it was a historic night in Washington. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky made an emotional address in person to a joint meeting of Congress. Europe is now stronger and more independent than never. The Russian tyranny has lost control over us. This was President Zelensky's first trip outside his country since Russia's invasion in February. And ahead of the address, Karen, the Biden administration announced nearly $1.9 billion in additional military aid to Ukraine, including a Patriot missile battery. Russian President Vladimir Putin, meanwhile, says Russia has no limitations on its own military spending to continue the war. Well, we're following another story out of D.C. this morning, Nathan. A group of House Republicans has released a counter-report to the House Select Committee's investigation into the January 6th Capitol assault. The January 6th Committee is expected to release its full report today. All right, we turn to cryptocurrency now, Karen, and get you the latest on the FTX collapse. Two top executives of the crypto exchange have pleaded guilty to criminal charges. Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport joins us live. Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Ahead of Sam Bankman-Fried's appearance in court today, Caroline Ellison and Gary Wang pled guilty to fraud as prosecutors ramp up pressure in their case against him. The plea deal calls for the government to recommend reduced sentences if they provide substantial assistance in the investigation. Bankman-Fried touched down in New York last night after waiving his right to extradition from the Bahamas. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thank you. Well, taking a look at markets now, futures are lower. Global stocks advance for a third day yesterday as we edge closer to the Christmas holiday. But Brian Jacobson, senior investment strategist with Allspring Global Investments, says markets are pricing in a recession, though there still are buying opportunities. Look at some of the cyclical names. Uh, maybe look at some small caps, some mid caps, some emerging markets. Uh, and uh, let's not forget that this is actually a pretty decent environment where bonds can once again diversify a portfolio. 
All Springs' Brian Jacobson says markets are also pricing in lower earnings in 2023. Yeah, speaking of earnings, Karen, America's largest memory chip maker, Micron Technologies, is out with a lackluster revenue outlook and a warning that it will have to trim its workforce. Taking a look at Micron shares right now, they are down 3% in the early trade. And again, futures are lower this morning. S&P futures down about nine points or two-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ and Dow futures also down two-tenths of a percent, with Dow futures down 75 points and NASDAQ futures down 26. The DAX in Germany is down two-tenths of a percent as well. The 10-year Treasury up 4.30 seconds, yield 3.64 percent, yield on the two-year 4.20 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 1.8 percent, up $1.40. It's at $79.69 a barrel. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day and straight ahead your latest local headlines and this is Bloomberg. Thank you Karen it's 631 on Wall Street and Michael Barr has more on what's going on in New York and around the world while just trying to Stay warm, Michael, getting ready for this frigid Christmas weekend. Oh, my, Nathan. Yes, millions of Americans are taking to the roads and skies before Christmas, and they could face big trouble getting to their destinations on time because of a massive winter storm. Several major hubs, including New York City, are all in the path of the storm and face significant disruptions. This traveler in New York was headed towards the storm. I actually was on the airplane waiting to, to taxi out, and we got canceled going to Bismarck, North Dakota. Airlines have been canceling hundreds of flights. New York City Mayor Eric Adams defended his record on crime. He wrapped up his first year in office amid a 25% rise in major felonies through November. Mayor Adams says, though, the top-line number does not tell the whole story as he highlighted double-digit drops in the high-profile murders and shootings. And I'm talking to New Yorkers every day when I'm on the subway system, walking the street, uh, interacting with them in churches, in houses of worship, in synagogues. That's the number one thing on their minds. They want to be safe, and they deserve to be safe. Mayor Adams gave himself a B-plus in fighting crime. A man accused of wounding 10 people in a mass shooting on a crowded subway train in Brooklyn told his lawyers he'd like to plead guilty next month to all of the charges against him, including terrorism offenses. In April, the accused shooter, Frank James, set off a pair of smoke grenades and then scattered a barrage of random shots inside the train. One senator could derail the $1.7 trillion spending bill. Utah Republican Senator Mike Lee wants an amendment that would reinstate Title 42, the pandemic rule that kept asylum-seeking migrants in Mexico due to COVID. The government shutdown deadline is Friday. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Almost 6.34 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. Knicks had won eight in a row. In five of the eight, they had not allowed 100 points. But at the Garden, Toronto's Pascal Siakam went for over half a 100 by himself. 52 points. The Raptors ended the Knicks' win streak 113-106 to 106 in the loss. 30 points for both Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. But an off night for Jalen Brunson. He shot 3 of 14. Nets have won their last 7, 11 of 12. At Barkley's a 143-113 to 113 route of Golden State. The Nets led 91-51 at halftime. Nine Nets and double figures. The Warriors, two games and two nights in New York and losses by 38 and 30 points. Much needed win for the Devils. They lost their last six. They rallied to win at Florida 4-2. St. John's lost. 
at Villanova, 78-63. Jets and Jaguars figure to be playing in the rain tonight at MetLife. Jets out to end a three-game losing streak, keep their playoff hopes alive. Aaron Judge was at Yankee Stadium to talk about his new nine-year contract and about being named Yankee captain. I'm getting a chance to continue, you know, something the Yankees, you know, are so big on, which is legacy. You know, continue, you get a chance to continue my legacy here in pinstripes, you know, in the you know best city in the world, the best baseball city in the front of the best fans. This is uh, an incredible honor. First captain since Derek Jeter, who was in attendance. The numbers are in after the stunning Carlos Correa signing. The Mets will have a payroll of $384 million. They'll pay a tax of another $111 million. So they will shell out almost half a billion in 2023. John Stashella, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. 635 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Courtney Dunahoe on KFAB in Omaha. Some ethanol producers are cutting production on bitterly cold temperatures. I'm Steve Potus on KNX in Los Angeles. We're talking about a report that Elon Musk may be planning job cuts at Tesla. I'm Caroline Hetko on Bloomberg DAB Radio in London. We've been reporting on another dire hit to UK living standards as household incomes drop again and UK growth is revised lower in the third quarter. I'm Jeff Bellinger and on WTBN in Columbus, I'll be talking about a new report that shows home affordability is falling as sky-high mortgage interest rates offset lower listing prices. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting a large expansion of the Huntington Place Convention Center plan. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 636 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Deciding what can be built where is a perfectly legitimate power of local governments across America. It's also a tool of exclusion that undermines the economy, deepens inequality, and even exacerbates climate change. Particularly in neighborhoods with the best schools and access to jobs, politically active residents, who tend to be older, affluent, and white, have long adopted rules to keep others out. It's a prime example of local government gone wrong. Fortunately, the pro-market and pro-equality aspects of zoning reform give it bipartisan appeal, visible in the support for legislation at the state and national levels. To be sure, zoning reform alone won't solve the country's housing crisis, but it's a task that federal and state governments must urgently undertake. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Another story we're watching, J.P. Morgan Chase is upping its climate ambitions, announcing a slew of new emissions reductions targets for its financing to carbon-intensive businesses, including airlines and cement manufacturers. The uh, largest U.S. bank is out with its climate report for this year. It says it plans to reduce the carbon intensity of its aviation financing portfolio by 36% by 2030. Futures... On the decline this morning, S&P futures are down 7 points, Dow futures down 70, and NASDAQ futures are lower by 22 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 4.30 seconds. The yield on the benchmark 10-year note, 3.64%. You're listening 
to Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.